Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to The Daniel Baldwin Show. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? Jim Kelly, you're listening to Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is The Daniel Baldwin Show. Yes, sir. Indeed, I clear my throat before we start the big show. Now, we were going to start this show and talk about the matchup against Georgia Tech, but breaking news, Sam the Man Stasiak is with us live. Sam the Man, talk to us about Washington. What's going on? Uh, According to a team source, Howard Washington, yesterday in practice, running in a drill, he fell to the ground, stayed there for about five minutes, and we don't know what what it is yet, but he has his leg in a brace. And he came out of the trainer's room today before practice, good. sitting off to the side. Not he good. was not available at Georgia Tech. He's being reevaluated, according to Syracuse team spokesman. Joshy? Sam the man. Joshy? Sam the man from, uh, from the Daily Orange uh, joining us with the great input. It's not good. It's not good. We're well, down a lot of guys. Well, I caught Sam coming in. Did you? Uh, via, via, by the way, this guy, has, he gets Ubered in. They rushed him in. It was like <sighs> short of a siren coming and a, and, 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 and a police escort. I should say the only reason I Ubered is because I forgot to ask my downstairs neighbor to move her car this morning, so I was blocked in. Is that what it is? Yeah. Man, I was covered for I know, I know. Sorry. Does she know who you're the big time ESPN radio person? (laughs) I hate hate to to big time all of you right now, Mm. but when you get the news tomorrow that Washington has torn his ACL, which is what Baldwini, the great one right now, is going to go out on a limb and tell you this is an ACL injury. I have inside sources close to me and close to the team that have reported we don't know the level of the injury. We don't know how bad. Have we strained it? Is it a tear? Did it pop? What happened? But we could be talking about something that takes him off the team for the rest of the season. Come on! That's my report. Care to comment, Sammy? According to sources, I hear that they think it's bad, but I'm not sure how bad. I I can't say. That's why you don't practice. Why even go to practice? Look what happens. We're talking practice. We're talking practice. We're talking practice. Mm. You remember the answer, Allen Iverson? (laughs) No, what was the answer? Oh my God, Google it now. We got to run the clip. I know know we're talking practice. I know that. We're talking practice. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. Now, I, I don't want to start. Any kind of stipulations, but I did see you warming up here before we went live. Listen, and... they're down to two guards. We have a game that we're talking about playing. First, it evolved that me and Larry mm. and some of the boys were going to play a little pickup game. Josh did this video, which was obviously edited. It took him, I don't know how many takes to actually hit a couple of jumpers. I won't confirm it tonight. Yeah, I won't confirm it tonight. So I then set up a camera over at the Baldwinsville Y and let it continuously shoot. While I stuck three out of four from downtown, uh, showing my athletic prowess from deep. And, uh, and I'm trying to instill some fear into Nick in mm. sales as he made the comment in a staff meeting. I said to him, well, Nick, do you play basketball? He goes, I can play against you. So, so I said, okay, now game's on. Yep. Now this is sprawled here at ESPN Radio Syracuse into marketing wants to play the on-microphone talent. We're going to take you down. I mean, this could be second to the betting that goes on at the Super Bowl. This could be in-house one of the biggest days we're talking about. Could be one of the most important uh, uh, days in Galaxy Communications history, I think. And we're talking about the, this could be our secret weapon. This Larry? Could be, Larry could be our secret weapon. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. If I wind him up... And I tell him he's like a hitman. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not we're not looking for him to score. No, 
We're looking for him to Dikembe Mutombo people's ankles. Oh. Get down low, chop them, hurt them. Mm-hmm. We could call it the Washington technique. Wow. We could call like it the Washington Like he's chopping down technique. cherry trees? What do you think, man? Are you in there to do the dirty work? No. Okay. Wow. I think I've Why made this wanna... very clear. I want nothing to do with this. Well. Wait, 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 wait. I just thought something. Do you play, Sam? I do play. You play hoop. Young blood, and he's on. He's on microphone. And he's on the air. He sure is, isn't he? How often do you play, Sam? Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Get- oh, he just made him overqualified. Yeah, you're the most qualified one on our team right now. <laughs> there's other guys. There's other guys here. You have to name the years that they last played. <laughs> for, for them to he be played over- yesterday. Right. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. What's like 2006. <laughs> I just got so excited I did air pistols, and I don't even know why I did that. But Daniel, I bring up a question for you because you have said with now with this uh, Howard Washington injury. You do retain one year of eligibility. I, I have could, one year of eligibility. I could have you on a nonstop Delta flight to Atlanta, 6 a.m. tomorrow. To play I think I have to plead hardship to the NCAA. I think oh. have to but with Jim Beheim's poll and Good you, happen. the listener, phoning in, texting in, emailing in, writing in, whatever you have to do to let them know, bring back Baldwini mm-hmm. from deep. So bring Sam, back Baldwini. let's say this is a, 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 a not career-ending, but at least season-ending that's a wrap on the season, right? I mean, come on now. How many guys you got left out there? I yeah, I, I would say that's true. Okay, but it looks like Daniel Baldwin is about to. No, I'm going <laughs> to tell, tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. First of all, is his output the team that dependent on his output uh, as far as where they go, where they don't go? I don't think he's the straw that stirs the drink here. No, I, I don't. Sure. Th- I don't think he's the bellwether at all. But I think when you look at Tyus and and Frank's production, I mean, they're going to have to play. 40 minutes each, and and not that they haven't done that, not that they can't do that, but I do think there's a difference between having uh, Braden Bear, the Division III uh, transfer from Grinnell College, come in and having Howard Washington. Howard Washington knows the game uh, really well. He's very intelligent about the ball movement, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm not sure. I think what you here's what, what I look at when this happens in a game, and, and this would be the same as if Nick Foles goes down in the first quarter, how much did the New England Patriots get ready for? I can't even think of his name. So you get my point. They've got guys that are on the bench. Now, don't forget, because of a situation that occurred with um, sanctions against the team, we're down a couple of scholarships, I believe. So the bench is not that deep. But with that said, these are guys that practice every day and play at Syracuse University. A walk-on that gets on that team is probably a pretty good basketball player, and no one's going to know what he can do. No one's going to know where to there's nothing to get ready for on a kid. If the game gets, uh, and, and again, I doubt Beheim's going to play a kid that much, but you know, you never know what's going to happen. And those are the situations where, you know, legends are made of. You Who's know, the, the sleeper, Sam? Who's the guy that's sitting there right now? That Who's we the can... guy you're looking at, Sam? Yeah. Who's it, the guy coming off the bench right now? It, it's, I think it's Bayer. Uh, a source told me earlier today that, that Bayer's, I mean, if, if they need somebody to get minutes, if someone gets in foul trouble or if, you know, God forbid Frank or Tyus get hurt, Braden Bayer's going to be the guy. You heard it from Sam. Wow. What about, what about your boy Dolishai picking up some, some action down the paint? I like Dolishai. He's fine. He's healthy. He'll get in there. Oh, he's going to play more now. Absolutely. He's he's gonna... Gonna... And, and gone will be the idea that Jim was talking about. Coach Beheim was saying, you know, he's he's not uh, um, afraid to go out there with a three-guard offense right now. You know, and so he's lost that option. So watch how much the Chalupa down low, the big guy, mm. 
is going to have to play, and they're going to have to get him the ball some now and change up a little bit this three-point dependent outside pass, pass, pass shot from three-point range or, or deep two. Um, you know, they don't have that third guard right now, at least this week. And my prediction is, from what I understand, this kid's hurt. Like, and you, you have to understand, too, when it's an ACL injury, it's one of those, that doesn't get better without resting it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if he's ever going to play again, what year is he in? He's a freshman. He's a freshman. They're never going to risk having him play the rest of this season. Look, if they were, you know, 20 and four right now and looking to go into the final four or whatever, you might see if you can get this kid back by March and what limited play. If there's any doubt about an injury, what this would do to his career, they're never going to play him. They got an investment in him with a scholarship and the whole bit. There's no chance he plays. I say he doesn't play another game of Syracuse this year. This is an extremely hot topic, and we will take your phone calls live on the air right here on the Daniel Baldwin Show for. ESPN 44 that gets you right here into the studio. And, of course, you can comment on uh, what you think to do. This is a news that broke about an hour ago. I guess it happened yesterday, but we're just finding out about it today. Yeah, why are we just finding out about it today if it happened yesterday? That's another thing to take a look at. There's a lot of people around this guy. This university and this program is on multiple outlets on this station alone. To find out now and have that story break at 3 o'clock in the afternoon when it happened at practice yesterday tells me that they're worried about it, too. They <laughs> wanted this, to walk, keep an eye well, on it. Well, not for sure. somebody like Sam. I yeah. mean, Sam's got the pulse of it going from a student standpoint. He represents the university for their biggest news outlet, and he just found out about it getting out of the car. I saw him. You won't believe what just happened. But yeah. You would have probably known that if this wasn't serious. You're hold, look at him. He's holding this card so close yeah. to his vest. He's with the wild card, Baldwin, right now, who's ready to predict it all. <laughs> I'm not afraid. I'm I not think, afraid. I, listen, I think Sam, our, our Daily Orange correspondent who joins us on Tuesday, is he's, he's right to play it safe. But if you both are getting the word that this is not a good injury, this could be a long-term... Oh, Sam won't confirm or deny that. I, yeah, cannot yeah, confirm, cannot or, confirm or deny yeah, yeah. But if that's what the, the great DB over here is... Is, is calling. Even regardless of long term or not, he's not playing tomorrow in a game that they've got to win. Well, now let's go into that then, because that was what I was going to open up with having you on the show and having you have insight that we don't have. Um, this is a, they got to win this game. I mean, as, in as far as being a bubble team and what that means, RPI rating, all this other stuff that factors into whether or not you get invited to the big dance in March. You've got to knock off the teams that you're supposed to beat because there's a few games on here, unless you're going to do last year's Duke at home kind of stuff, which you don't expect that. So when you look through the rest of the schedule, this is one of the games where they have to win. This is a team that lost 72-70 to to Carolina recently and took them right down to the wire. It was a game. So they can play. You know, and it wasn't one of those weird fifty-eight to sixty games where the offenses were bad. Seventy to seventy-two means they ran with them and they played well. So now they're at home against Syracuse, who I do not believe on paper um, and, and day in and day out is as good as North Carolina this year. So we're looking at a test minus a guard. The, the, the thing that I wrote down today to, to talk about is it depends on which team shows up for Syracuse. If the sixty percent shooting from the field team shows, they're going to beat. They're going to beat them hands down. But if the normal 36% team shows up and a couple of bad rebounds, we're going to lose tonight. We're going to lose tomorrow this, night. Tomorrow night, rather. Yeah. We're, th- this, this is no walk right by him and beat him. Now we're minus the guy who gives your starting guards a blow uh, you know, and fills it and is, and is responsible for eight or nine points himself to fill in that gap. He's not going to score the battle 22 or whatever it is a game. But he does, he does score. So whoever it is that's going to take his place – 
you got to expect he's going to at least fill those shoes. You know, he's got to score. He's got to make three or four baskets. He's got to play decent defense and grab a couple boards. No question. That's a lot of pressure for a kid on the road the first time in a must-win game. Against How many Georgetown. points is Howard Washington putting up regularly? Only, I, I believe, about two or three. I don't think he's, you know, he's not, I don't think that's his biggest contribution. His contribution to the offense comes in how he can get the ball moving when, mm. when they struggle to move the ball. Because Frank and Tyus have the ball in their hands quite a bit when they have it. Um, and Howard, you know, he gets rid of it pretty quickly. I say, right, here's my prediction. You ready? Hang on. I'm going to close my eyes. So, mm, it's all Brissett. Brissett fills the gap. Brissett goes, Brissett goes for 20-plus against Georgia Tech. I like it. I think we've got a lot of news to uh, to discuss as far as Syracuse goes here in the Benjamin Walden Show because not only is this breaking, but uh, once again, we reported a little bit on this week. Now Brent Axe, who follows us, putting out the story that once again ties battle nowhere on the mock draft. Nowhere on nowhere the mock draft. Nowhere to be seen. And uh, that also raises the question, how long do we have him for? Does that or does that not fill my prophecy? It does kind of fulfill your prophecy. It does fulfill my prophecy. We're going to come back after the break. We're going to talk about why battle is where he is. We have some numbers to throw out there. The mock draft, which ESPN does. But what's controversial about it is ESPN also rates the players, and their player rating has him where he should be going late in the first round versus where he is in in the mock lot of uh, draft pick. So they're not matching up. They don't make sense. But I'm going to go ahead again explain why I think we're going to see battle in a Syracuse uniform next year. Tune in to In the Booth every Thursday as Mike Waters from the Post Standard and Syracuse.com breaks down Syracuse Orange Basketball with Matt Park. Brought to you by Oswego County Mutual Insurance. We are the pulse of the orange. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. The Orange Women home Thursday versus Virginia Tech. Orange pregame 645, tip 7. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Hey now, so we're back talking about Syracuse basketball, and the topic that we talked about that Josh raised was nowhere in the ESPN mock draft does Tyrus Battle's name show up in the first round. He is nowhere to be seen, and we we touched on this a little bit last week, um, because Paulie had seen some stuff, but now... Brent Axe uh, brought it up to us, and, and you you had mentioned it before. Does Tyus Battle stay another year and better his standings, or where does he stand now? Well, I guess we kind of know now he doesn't stand very well. Well, okay, so so let's play the tape forward a minute. Does that mean that Battle would not be drafted in, in the in the NBA? No, that's not what we're talking about. Not that he wouldn't find his way onto a team. He would not crack a 12-man roster and play in the NBA and be seen on the sidelines for a team next year. There's no way. I don't care what he does the rest of the year. So I don't think that's going to happen. The question is, what does his value, uh, if he leaves now, how much is he signing bonus for? What kind of contract, probably league minimum, that is he going to get based on, and still, there's only like one or two other guys that are averaging 20 points a game, you know, in the ACC. So... But but what's his value now versus he loses that money if he stays? He doesn't get the, you know, let's just, let's for argument's sake, I don't know these are the numbers, but say he gets a million dollars to sign and Houston grabs him and puts him on their supplemental league and he plays on a, a division of the Houston Rockets, but he's not going to the Rockets. If he loses that million dollar signing bonus and the league minimum 500 and something thousand dollars, there's 1.5 million as opposed to coming back to Syracuse where they would be a very good team next year. Oh. Yeah. A very good team. 
And so now we're talking about a team that probably cracks the top 10 versus uh, comes out next year as 12, 13, somewhere there, and stays in the top 10 all year long. What does he sign for after making a nice run in the tournament? Does he get to an Elite Eight? Does he get to a round of whatever, whatever it's going to be? So what does his value become then? And the answer to that through friends of mine who have represented some big NBA players are way more than the 1.5 that he loses. He's going to come in and sign for $5 million. He's going to come in. So you're actually going to make money. The risk that you cannot tell is, do we have this conversation like we're having about Washington right now and something terrible happens that he hurts himself? That's the risk that he runs in order by st- in order to stay another year because there is no and, – and there have been athletes. I remember when Herschel Walker won the Heisman, the University of Georgia turned around and took out a Lloyds of London million-dollar policy on each leg. If he hurt anything to entice him to stay, and it was done privately outside of the university, it wasn't considered a payment, Mm -hmm. but they insured his legs for a million each to say to him, please come back. It's not all going to be lost if you were to get hurt. It probably wouldn't be a career or anything, but they wanted to entice him to come back. That type of a thing where he could do privately or whatever, but... I swear I'm telling you, I think Tyson's coming. I think he's coming back, Tyrus. Uh, I, I have a question for you, Sam, uh, from Daily Orange. Sam joins us on Tuesdays. You, well, I don't want to misquote you. Did you did you predict them a top 10 team next year? Was it you who said that on the air? If he comes back, I think that I think 12-13, up there, I think they certainly bring back a very enticing team. So the attention the Tyus battle would get being that level team as opposed to this year, which, you know, you don't want to say NIT, but potentially an NIT team, whereas next year... Elite Eight team, maybe? I mean, a big, big team. I well, think like Daniel's saying, it gets them a lot more payout. Well, well, again, again, it's it's the it's the 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 cost risk factor that he has to weigh. You know, how does he protect himself, his family, and everything? And is it worth coming back? If the obvious and believe me, he can say I'm eligible for the draft and and feel it out, which mm-hmm, is what he's yeah. going to do anyway, and then turn around and say, you know what, I've turned it down. I've decided to forego the draft. I'm going to stay in college. That will probably be the smart way for him to go to see what kind of money he's talking about. What's really interesting about this scenario then is to look at Beheim's son and to think to myself, would he play as a freshman normally? Where the biggest thing that Syracuse is missing is a is a, is a three ball threat. When you keep battle and keep the offense the way it is now, which is pretty good, you know, a twenty one season, but but you add in a really good three pointer, you might be tempted to play him as a freshman now to complement the scene because it's the one thing they're missing. They really don't have the Jerry McNamara guy out there that can knock him down. And I understand Beheim's son can just straight out stick it. I well, his heard. idol is Jerry McNamara. I mean, he talks, they, all those Beheim kids love Jerry, and, and, and they're going to be working hand in hand. So, But it takes the pressure off an incoming freshman to know, listen, kid, all you got to do is shoot eight of those a game and hit four. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean so, you know, he comes in, spots up, and shoots every, every quarter. They put him in for a couple of minutes and let him just chuck it. Man, then that's exciting to think of what they could be next year if they keep battle. I think there's a lot of potential there, right, Sam? I think I absolutely that next season, especially bringing in two top 100 kids and one of them who's a top 10 kid in Darius Baisley, I think that definitely is a, is a very attractive team, not only to people looking at it, but I would imagine on the inside. If Because Ty's battle, I, I agree, I think it would be smart of him to just test the waters and see if he can play up his draft stock and workouts. But if he decides that that's some, not the route he doesn't want to take – then he has a pretty good option to fall back on. Yeah, he's kind of playing with house money right now. I mean, he can kind of see what they like. Until he signs with an agent, he's he's good, right? right. He can do workouts and see what they interest, see what the interest is, 
And if there is no interest, well, guess what? He's going to come back and play on a fantastic basketball team. He is, and he's going to get a lot more national recognition. I don't believe because of Syracuse's record, although because of Jim Beheim and the legacy, people know when they're playing Syracuse. They know the danger of playing against that zone. It's tried and true. It's proven. They know Jim, no matter how what level the team's at, they're always going to be Syracuse. They can beat you in any given moment, just like Syracuse football can, but not quite the same reputation as a basketball team does. People don't like to come into the Dome and play against Syracuse, especially a team that's like they are now, where they could turn around and light it up on you and shoot 50% from the floor and beat Duke. I mean, don't kid yourself. We can beat Kansas. We can be, We almost beat Virginia on the road. It was a pretty close game. And Virginia, if they think they're coming into the Dome this time and they're just going to walk over us or something, they're in for a big surprise. That's a raucous place. People are going to show up for that game. Virginia is looming to possibly become the number one ranked team. They may jump this week. if they. So look out because that could be our Duke last year. We could beat Virginia at home. And the benefit, too, of uh, you know, the, the people in the Dome is when you've got a team, and again, I don't want to count the chickens before they've hatched, so looking towards next year's team, but you start packing 30-plus thousand people in there on a Tuesday because the team is is shooting lights out, that becomes a big difference. That's a big deal. When they uh, John Wildhack will tell you that those d- when they pack the dome, it has an impact. You saw it with the Clemson game with the football team. And, and we, ta- we touched on this with Sam earlier, you know, of w- when you have a city that has a, a college sport yeah. that is its big draw, which obviously Syracuse University from right on down, people may not realize how – uh, what amazing wrestling teams they had the best. How dominant they've been in lacrosse the for, lacrosse for decades. Lacrosse phenomenal, yeah. You know, soccer, they're pretty good, you know. The, this is a D1 program up here that draws mm-hmm. talent. Um, with that said, I, I, I still don't see, even in the football games, the, you know, Alabama, Nebraska, Iowa. You know, Iowa's a, a better example. Here's a team that knocks off a big team last year. They upset uh, um, Penn State or Michigan or whoever they beat. Um, but but again, every game is 100,000 and 90,000 or the kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just pack them in. I don't see that. What? Why is that up here, Sam? Why doesn't the student body... How many students go to Syracuse University? I believe it's about 16,000. 16,000. You would think... 12 of them would be at those games. I mean, you would think, but it doesn't ever look like it. looks more like the people from town follow it, like a pro team. I, I, to, I'm not from here, so I, I can't speak to the, you know, the cultural significance, but I think in talking to some people, it might have something to do with the Syracuse Nationals way back when. You know, they were the good professional basketball team here. They won a championship here, and they leave, and that next year is Dave Bing's first year and, and Jim Beheim's first year when they were sophomores before freshmen could play. Uh, they were sophomores, and they kind of took over the Syracuse basketball team and kind of made that the team to watch. And obviously, yeah. after Beheim's done playing, he comes back, he becomes yeah. the coach, and Syracuse basketball becomes what we know today. I, Not being from here, I think that's, no, you're, that's my outside analysis. You're on, exactly right. I mean, I, I've been born and raised here, and that's exactly how it went down. It went through Manly. It went through, like, you know, the you know, the whole uh, uh, Georgetown rivalries and all of that. And in the 80s and 90s, the football program was iconic. So there w- but that is, for us, I mean, I'm not a, a Syracuse grad, but that's our pro team, like you said. So, you know, basketball and football. And, and I've got a lot of siblings that go watch lacrosse games. I mean, the lacrosse game do well. So it is our pro team. It's exactly right. And for the students, I don't know. You see more students at the basketball games than you do at the football games, right? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Is I, it because the Syracuse, because A, because it's winter and you need to go indoors and do something, right? Right. But it's because they're, I mean, they just are a winning or team. I, yes, I think that's definitely it. I mean, when you come to Syracuse, 
uh, you know, definitely just from my experience and, and kids living in the dorm next mm-hmm. to me. I mean, all my floor mates our freshman year, we were we were excited for the basketball season to get going. Football season was was cool, and you know, we went. Uh, I got to say, I don't know what the percentage is of kids that that make it from the tailgate to the mm-hmm. dome. Yeah, but I think that plays a factor. <laughs> but, <laughs> not a lot. How many make it from the parking lot? We've made that comment where you're walking in, you see a flux of students walking away yeah. from the dome. I will watch the stu- I'll watch people my age and, and Daniel's age walking up to the dome where the people Sam's age are walking to a parking lot party or whatever to hang out. It's just, but I think it's because it's a weather thing, and it's too. I've noticed that with Syracuse uh, alumni. People like Sam are going to go off to a big city, be a major success or whatever. But those of us who live in this town that we're here 10, 20, 30, 40 years, we can always count on Syracuse. We can always back count on the team. We're Rudy. Back to the steel mill. We love it. We love it. That's our town. Our right team. Especially with Bayheim, when you got a coach who's been here more longer than I've been alive. You know, he's he's been coaching that team. That's terrible that you say that. Well, Here's my question. Just yeah. Given that outsider perspective, that student perspective, what role does Jim Bayheim, being from central New York, play in how Central New Yorkers view him. I think it's a big deal. Yeah, well, listen, this will, and we're going to go to break in a second, but I'm going to tell you, this was my argument about Dino Babers. I said, this isn't Jim Beheim. He didn't play football here at Syracuse. And if you look at his record, he went, he, play, he coached in, 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 in Illinois somewhere. Then he came to uh, Bowling Green two years, built himself up. Now he gets his job. You don't think that the Florida State job comes available for him after he beats Clemson this year? He's jumping. Listen, he wasn't born and raised here. Do you remember my first question I asked McNamara when I interviewed him with you? Are you the heir apparent? Are yeah. you the heir apparent? Are you the guy? Because Bayheim's got his son coming in for four years. He probably wants to see through those four yeah. or however long the son stays. And Jim's going to call Jim what he decides he's Jim Bayheim, Deservedly so. No one here is ever going to say no matter what he does or what the record is, he's Jim Bayheim. He's earned that right. When he decides to step down, four more seasons probably would be the logical guess with his son coming in. Is Jerry McNamara a guy from here, played here, legend here, been groomed by Bayon? Is he the natural heir apparent? So I came right out the box, and he goes, man, you don't pull any punches. No, huh? no <laughs> let's get right to the point. Aren't you the guy? Isn't this what this is really about? Mm-hmm. If you, you have to love Central New York if you're going to have a, a long-running career. you got to be able to slug it out through the snow. you got to be able to deal with really cold weather. Mm-hmm. And you have to deal with the mentality up here that's very real and very direct. People don't mess around up here. They don't no. have time for it. So if you want to ask me how you like my haircut, be ready for you to say, I liked it better the other way. Let's go play. You know? yeah, but, right, right. And, and people just tell you what time it is. They don't have to say it rude. But you got to understand that listen jim yeah go do a talk show with, with the other schmucks you know and i'll tell you too we uh, the jim Beheim stuff we like a success story we always have you got a kid from lions who comes up he makes he's a great player becomes a great coach i mean daniel's a living example while his family's not from here we still like a central new yorkers kind of see him as carol's kid and you want carol's kids to do well so like even though the baldwins are from massapequa but you know they're from here his mother's you know living here for for a long long time no mom and dad met at su yeah right so we want that success story we like things that are locally tied to us to succeed so yeah. that's kind of the tie for sure we absolutely sure. do no doubt let's go to a break and we'll come back and we're going to talk about blake griffin wow so this is uh, the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Find us on the web at ESPNSyracuse.com. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Hey now, so we're talking about, and I teased you with, 
Blake Griffin, but uh, uh, interesting the perspective when you talk to some of my colleagues here. It has been long rumored we were on to why would the Clippers trade Blake to Detroit? And I thought to myself, well, they just signed him for $171 million this, just, just in like June or July. He is the franchise player, the most exciting player. And so Sam and I were talking during the break, and I said, well, remember something. On a basketball team, what city you play in, it's very, very important because most of these guys, the number one, two, and even three player on that team are signing some type of a shoe deal with a major shoe outlet, Nike, Adidas, um, and so on. So with that said, just do the raw math of it. If you sign with the New York Knicks and you're a star of the New York Knicks, 14 million people in the island of Manhattan are eligible to buy your shoe. Do the math. If you sign with the Milwaukee Bucks and you're Ray Allen late in his career and you make a deal for shoes, you're looking at 1.8 million people in Milwaukee that might buy your shoe. So, yes, what city you go to makes a dramatic difference. Long speculated was the idea that LeBron James, after buying a $23 million home in Los Angeles with obvious and known desires to get involved in the production of film and television and perhaps even an acting career himself, was eyeing an inevitable trade to the Lakers. Josh hit me with it again. You're right with Los Angeles, but he might be going to the Clippers. Wow. I well, did. because they're making they're going to make a run at him. What they're doing with Blake Griffin and a couple of other guys, they're just freeing up money for him. Well, of course, they've moved a tremendous amount of money off the salary cap mm-hmm. and the luxury tax and all of it by dumping $171 million onto the Detroit Pistons. And this services the Pistons right now because the Pistons are poised at number nine in the, in the playoff situation. This will obviously, having Blake put them into probably even an eight or even a seven situation with what he brings to the team immediately, provided his one Achilles heel, which is his health. And Blake has had a number of times, he missed half a season already once, he's had multiple Injuries, lower extremities from the waist down, knees, hips, cramping, lower back. You know, so who knows which Blake Griffin at this age right now, as he continues to advance in age, can he hold out for a whole season? But he definitely gives Detroit the immediacy that they were looking for to slide into the playoffs. So that services them. But what I didn't see, which is a very interesting observation on your part, sir, Mr. Joshy Josh. Thank you. Is that the Clippers now? Yes, he's bought it. He's purchased a twenty-three million dollar home. He has a production company already set up in L.A. And some of his subsidiary people around his career, I understand, have already made the move to Los Angeles. Not move, but they had not. Like the the, the rumor was, are they going to go to Houston? And none of them have made any purchases of any kind in Houston. They're right. all looking in Los Angeles. So people like his manager, his right, uh, shoe right. guy, whatever, all well, that stuff. Yeah, well, so so you're you know, you know you're going to move when the mountain you know comes to Muhammad kind of thing. And yeah. everybody was saying Lakers, Lakers, Lakers. Nobody was saying Clippers. No, and you know, and I looked at the match. There was this great picture of LeBron covering his lips with his hand mm-hmm. and talking to Lonzo Ball at midcourt before the start of the Cleveland Lakers game. And I thought, I just don't see him playing with Ball. I, I don't know why. I just, I just didn't see it. But wow, the whole whole time that it could have been the Clippers, if they, I uh, love that. If they drop DeAndre Jordan and Austin Rivers, they free up another about $37 million. 
So what's left getting, for him to play with then? We're going to have to take a little a little closer look at this. And what's left for him to play in the Clippers? Because he is a true, obviously, tremendous impact player. But the big thing that you're measuring yourself up against now will be, can you beat Golden State? And once they got Kevin Durant along with, with Curry... You know that that's just such a formidable team right now. You know, so the idea always that I always thought was in the very beginning when they finally won the title in Cleveland, I said, "Watch how he goes out of Nick," because the thing for him would be he could cruise through the season with the Knicks and win forty-two games and win the East. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he wouldn't have to kill himself, and he automatically represents the East and goes to the finals. Now, if you play in the West. I mean, he doesn't even get to the finals. He's got to get through Golden State to get there to beat that team from the East, which is no easy thing to do. That's the NBA champs right now. And they're poised to make a run at it for another five years if they keep that team together. So I always thought he should go back to Miami or go to you know someplace else where he would he would walk into the finals. And with Porzingis in, in New York, I thought, what a matchup. You know, let's, let's get him in New York. What a way to go out in the garden. They haven't been to it since 73 in the Willis-Reed era. You know, I thought it would be amazing to have him as a Nick. But he's got his eyes on Hollywood, and, and he wants the weather, and he wants all the stuff that comes with being in L.A., you know, God bless him. He's but, but the Clippers, I never saw it coming. What are you reading over there, Sammy, from uh, the Daily Orange? What do you got? Uh, I was just reading about how the, the pitch to Blake Griffin last summer, the free agency pitch, they kind of set up some, like, fake walls, and they guided him through this whole thing in the Staples Center, mm-hmm. and how it comes out, and they're hanging his jersey, and, and uh, you know, they're playing, they're playing up, like, his legacy as a Clipper. Yeah. And at the end of it, you know, he says, it was a cool feeling, it was very thoughtful, but I really wanted to hear their plan. I wanted to talk basketball. So it sounds to me like that marriage, even though he signed that big deal, it sounded like that was kind of a, a troubled marriage anyway. Yeah, yeah there's, there's some guys that you can take that route. You can go feed their ego, and yeah. you can tell them how great they are, and blah, blah, blah. And then there's other guys that, they, at the end of the day, they want to win, which I thought LeBron was one of those guys, which is why when I heard murmurs that Houston was in it, I said to myself, if I'm a player and it matters to me that I want to be... Because remember, Larry and Magic had a thing for each other. They were fans of each other. They admired each other. But don't kid yourself. Larry Bird wanted to beat Magic Johnson and the Lakers every single time and vice versa. And the Lakers got the better of him. I think it was five to three or something like that, the titles that they had head on head with each other. So eight times they met or something like that. Now the same thing will be said. You think that he wants to, for the rest of his career, being a great player, being compared to Michael Jordan and all this other stuff, have the thorn in his side of losing to Curry four out of five times or something? Mm -hmm. He doesn't. So for him to go out on a run two more times going to the finals. Is Houston a better fit for him? Even if he goes to the Clippers right now, that puts him in L.A. But are the Clippers the team that are going to beat Golden State? But I think the whole idea of this plan has always been like the coming together of a super team. So it's not just LeBron. It's it's Paul George. It's Carmelo. Whoever else is available that summer. Right. So to me, it's, you know, who's he going to play with there? Who will be left I, I think they're just going to like clean house anyway and try to bring everybody in. I think I think uh, if I was him and I could pick any team to go to right now to give me the best positioning to go to the finals, I go to Houston and play with Harden for sure. I go to play sure. with them. I'm going to Houston for sure. Are the Clippers the new Chicago Bulls? Are we going to keep an eye? Like, are they going to be this team that 
puts together this super team, like Sam is saying, and Are I gotta you, go get Clippers. I have, I have no inside sources. <laughs> well, right, well, right, well, right now, what he's going to, if let's just say that was true, yeah, that this was going to be a, a Clippers ploy. I don't see LeBron going on the Clippers with the roster they have right now. They're they're still need another guy or two. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think Houston is ready right now. I think LeBron walks onto Houston. They don't give up any of their starters. They give up a lot of money and some draft picks, and they go real deep into the playoffs right now. Just because he signs, for sure. We will come back and play So What, of course, uh, and hand uh, things over to Brent X here on the Daniel Baldwin Show. This is ESPN Radio Syracuse. Great moments happen here. Throwing back of the end zone, leaping up, Amendola pulls it in, touchdown! Danny Amendola along the back line of the end zone from four yards out, climbs the ladder and may have just climbed the Patriots back to the Super Bowl. Bringing you the sports everyone else is just talking about. ESPN Radio, 97.7 FM Syracuse and 100.1 FM Oswego. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Thank you, and we're back. Del Lago Resort Casino, you can go see one Daniel Baldwin. Thursday, 11 to 1, as Del Lago celebrates their one-year anniversary food and gaming specials all day long. And you, sir, will be there 11 to 1. You know what's beautiful about that? Is that these are the the things you don't know when you're an on-camera film and television person. Mm. That you go into radio and and I get the, oh yeah, no, they need you to go down to Del Lago tomorrow. You don't mind, do you? And I'm like... Well, no, yes, I do, actually. I, I, do, I do my... Yeah, well, you're going. Uh-huh. You know, so... Yeah. Uh, that's oh, it. Oh, the places I've gone, Daniel. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, Name it. The mattress stores. I came... The car dealerships. No, no, I came... I came... This is great. I go, so what are you doing? Josh is doing the K-Rock show, the huge K-Rock show, the biggest show in Syracuse, and he, Josh is, is the man, and so I want to show my support, because mm-hmm. he's coming in here and taking me through the ropes and helping me, and Joe's teaching me stuff, and this one's teaching me stuff. You know, and, and I'm, I'm new to radio, really. I've been... I've done a lot of Howard Stern kind of stuff, but I don't know the ins and outs of how a show goes. So I'm all excited. I go, I'll come. What are you doing? He goes, well, we're doing a live show from, you know, the something something brewery, which was out in Hellville. I mean, it was, <laughs> yes, it, was, it, was it was like an hour plus drive yeah, in the snow. Yep. Terrible weather. I get out there and I mean, I walk in for the last, you know, hour plus mm-hmm. And these people are wasted. Absolutely. I mean, they were wasted yeah. already. 6.30 the in the morning, start drinking. Baldwin, you movie <laughs> suck. You know I mean? Just cat calling me. Love it. And, you know, and, and, and I thought it was going to be, you know, like we went to the premiere of the movie. No. I thought, remember we went to the yeah, premiere? Yeah, you went to your, your 30 we and 30? The 30 and 30 premiere. I thought premiere of a movie. It's going to be a red carpet. There's going to be paparazzi. I walk in, it's, you know, it's a little bit bigger than my living room. You know? <laughs> There's guys 12 guys. Wings. Eating wings. <laughs> Let's play So What, Joe. Give it to us. Go ahead, Joe. All right. Some very important sports items, because that's what this show's all about. Mm. Washington Redskins owner Dan <laughs> Snyder says, don't expect a name change anytime soon. Just one day after Major League Baseball announced the end of Chief Wahoo beginning next year. I mean, you got to change the name. You can't be the Redskins anymore. I'm, I'm upset with this. I'm upset with this. Are, are, are Native Americans really offended by the acknowledgement and, and being called? Uh, I, yes, I don't know. Am I yes. Being that? They've spoken out all, quite a lot. So they are. It. So yes. they want this change. Yes. Okay. I think in 2018, I mean, you, we were talking about this this morning. It's, it, you know, you got, you got to embrace it. Like the Florida State Seminoles, the Seminoles are on board. They appreciate the name. They appreciate the respect. But Redskins, you can't fly with that anymore. Okay, so F Troop can have the, the you know, Cowie <laughs> uh, Indians and... I don't know, we have, and, yeah, 34 years show, ago. Does that show go back on the air? I don't know. All right, then I say so what. 
Do you have to blur out all the Chief Wahoos in Major League now? Former Michigan State basketball <laughs> player and coach Travis Walton denying allegations that he punched one woman and sexually assaulted another. God. Wow, man. Some real uplifting stories today. Yeah, so, so. You went deep on this one. I say, I say that's terrible. That's, it's not so yeah, what. Yeah, not a so uh, what. And, but... and, uh, and, the, and the sad thing about this is the Michigan State coach is an old and very good friend of mine, Tommy Izzo, and the fact that he's in any kind of pain, the classiest guy, one of the nicest men. I know him all the way back from the first years I played in the Jim Harbaugh Celebrity Golf Tournament in, in Michigan. Um, and, and I read an article today that – the athletic director is gone and that, that this guy is going and that actually Tom Izzo is under some kind of pressure right now. I can tell you right now, there is no way Tom Izzo has ever had anything to do with anything that's illegal. He is one of the really, really good guys out of this. I hope to God that he comes out unfraid because he's a good, good man. And a bar in the East Village of New York City has banned the word literally from their establishment. Violators will be asked to finish their drink and leave. It's fun to play at the YMCA. That's I, all I care about yeah, when you tell me about the village. Who cares? I care about the village people. So I say, so what? I literally so say, what? so what? Sam, your senior staff writer from the Daily Orange. Thank you for hanging with us, brother. Thank you for having How me. How do you I say your last it. name? Uh, Fortier. It's supposed to be Fortier, but my dad gave up trying to correct people a long I time like ago. like your dad, Fortier. Sam Fortier. Of the I Daily like Fortier. Orange. That's Fortier. all French. <laughs> Sounds fancy. He's got yeah. the glass of champagne. My last name is French too, but it's Gravon. <laughs> so we, we never said it like that. It means big wind. My mother's M A R T I N E A U X, and they drop the X. Martinon. Wow. There's a lot happening. Martinon. All right, Brett X is up next. Daniel Baldwin Show returns tomorrow. This is ESPN Radio, Syracuse.